Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Garoppolo. Thrown down. Brian Burns gets there. Spider-Man. What a pass rush by Burns. See how quickly he got to the edge and got the This is Desmond the Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Networks. Do you believe? I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, with the, with me this morning, Skylar Callahan, beat writer for the Carolina Panthers for Sports Illustrated and the Panthers all-time leading rusher, Jonathan Stewart. Uh, fresh off of a 20-17 to 17 week two loss to the New Orleans Saints in the home opener Monday Night Football, Kind of a weird game. We'll try to dissect it for you. Uh, we like to believe that we are the the voice of reason when it comes to the Panther podcasts that are out there uh, and Panther content creators. I didn't even bother getting on Twitter uh, really at all last night or this morning because I knew what it was going to be. So we're we're going to stay away from that. Uh, we're going to give you the real. We're going to tell you the truth, what, how we feel <laughs> about what we saw. But the whole pity party, giving up after week two thing, that's not what we do here. So that that's not – if you're here for that, then – you can go on about your day. But if you're here to kind of figure out what we need to do next, maybe we can help you out. Uh, we'll be able to figure out what went wrong yesterday uh, against the Saints. The Saints defense might be the best defense in the league. I'll just start off right there. Um, so a lot of this was, you know, you're playing against a defense that's like playing in molasses. So we'll get into that also. Uh, it's also Tuesday. So, of course, if – well, I'm sure by now a lot of you have uh, <laughs> a lot of things. Yeah, I'm going to tell you but why we mad, I'm going to tell you why we mad, if, if you are mad at the Panthers or the coaching staff, the uh, Bryce Young or, or the David Tepper, whoever, here's your chance to vent. You can actually get on uh, YouTube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio or the Facebook Watch uh, version of this live video, and you can get on and comment directly to us. We'll be able to respond to it. So if there's something you want us to, uh, to question uh, or to answer, I should say, uh, or just something, an observation you've had, you can do so as well uh, there uh, throughout the show. Before we get started, though, quick word from our sponsors over at Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff, and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on action. Remember to use our promo code Believe B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. That felt longer than normal. Um, <laughs> Bet Online, where, where the game starts and where we start is uh, a look at the box score. And first observations, normally we take a day or two between uh, the end of our game and when we come on so we can kind of collect our thoughts. Of course, we knew this week was going to be a little bit different with it being Monday night football, uh, really only having about mm, about 10 hours to process uh, <laughs> what happened last night. Uh, the Panthers 20 to 10 or 20 to 17 uh, losers to the New Orleans Saints. Let's just start off with uh, with you, Stu. Um, initial thoughts, takeaways from last night's contest. Uh, from what you saw at Bank of America Stadium? Well, I'll give him the positive first. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, our defense is capable, just like last year, of keeping us in games. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, Frankie Louvu stepped up big time with Shaq Thompson going down. Um, you know, we're, we're continuing to see guys – you know, not just guys, but our, our starters are, you know, and the leaders of this team, you know, falling to injury. Um, unfortunate situation where he got landed on by, you know, what it seemed to be, you know, a guy just finishing a play, yeah. you know. Um, so just just bad luck, man. I hate it for Shaq and, you know, just hopefully, you know, 
he recovers and you know makes it makes his way back to the field. Um, but the defense, man, they Frankie Louvu, we see him week in week out doing his thing, yes. and you know, and I feel like you know when you have a leader like Shaq go down and you have somebody like Frankie on that squad, um, and and is capable of leading by playing mm-hmm. with his energy. I love seeing that. Um, Von Bell, I love seeing his play yesterday. Um, you know, coming up, making plays um, with his interception, and just you know, I just think our defense is capable of keeping us in in games. But now on the offensive side, offensive side, I mean, it's just you know, you're we're watching a offense trying to find themselves. Um. And that's to be expected. Um, you know, we can go into a a season as fans and say to ourselves, oh, week one, we're just going to hit on all cylinders. Yeah, that's wishful thinking. Um, but I think, you know, now that we're two weeks in, reality sets in, right? We aren't as far ahead. We're not as far as what we thought we were, right? Doesn't mean that we're not going to get there. It just means that we're just not there yet offensively. And I think yesterday I was, you know, I was pretty happy about, you know, the way they you know, were able to rally towards the end of the game there, you know, putting some points on the board, catching some rhythm. Um, but one of the things I, you know, going back to last week where we were able to run the ball, you know, kind of at will, we didn't really do that this game. And so I'll say – when things aren't going well, you have to commit to the run and give the offensive line confidence, give the quarterback confidence. Like, um, you know, Chuba Hubbard only got two carries. Yeah. And it wasn't like this This was a game where, you know, the first quarter we were, you know, down by 21, you know. Um, so you got to figure out a way to be physical um, in a game like this as a division opponent. Yeah, the Saints defense appears to be probably one of the best defenses in the league at this point. But I think we, you know, could have ran the ball more and, and, and could have been a little bit more physical um, at the point of contact. It, it looks like, okay, I'm looking through the box score. We Okay, we rushed for 100 yards even. We only had 19 attempts. Yeah, but part of that is – Bryce, you got to remember, Bryce Young was scrambling. Right, so, he had a long run on that last drive. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. take those, take those away. I mean, the mentality and the play calling. It's twenty six. I feel like you weren't really helping yourself there. Yeah, that was twenty six yards just on that run, but by Bryce. But, so, but I also, but I also think you know, there again, it goes back to the offense finding themselves. Like Frank Rack is still trying to figure out what his players can do, um, especially in a game moment. Like uh, short yardage, you can tell they're trying to figure figure out what they want to be in short yardage situations. Um, I mean, if it was me, just line Chuba Hubbard up and just let him be a bully. Um, and, and we don't have to be too cute about things. And um, But I think, you know, if they're finding themselves, we don't have to jump the gun. Um, we got the Seahawks next week, and we can make our we can make our presence known there. Yeah, it doesn't get any easier. Uh, going on to take a take on Geno Smith and Seattle Seahawks uh, on the road uh, cross country in Seattle next week. Skyler, you were there last night uh, at uh, Bank of America Stadium. What were your initial takeaways from that game? Twenty seventeen uh, loss to the Saints, week two. I mean, a lot of what Stu just said, I mean, he hit it right on the head. I mean, the offense has just got to find a way to get the run game going early. And I would understand it if, again, like Stu said, if you're if you're down early and you're kind of forced to throw it. But, I mean, this was a 6-6 game for a while. I mean, it was 6-3 for a long time. So, and even when you're down 13-6, to you still have to run the football. Like, you, you, you can't get away from that. But I think the biggest difference that I've, I've started to kind of notice with this year's team through two games versus last year like, when you look on paper, this team is more talented than last year's. And I don't really think it's close. Now, the depth 
that's still obviously the biggest concern with this team. But the main reason why that team was so good down the stretch last year and the, the reason why they got the seven wins is because they ran the football at will and they played good defense. Well, right now you're doing one of those two things. And running the football at will is something that you have to have with a really good offensive line that can get downhill. And you also have uh, to have a guy that can kind of wear down a defense. And I don't really see that running back existing in this room. Like you don't have Deontay for me. You don't even have Mike Davis back there. Like you have two kind of elusive scat backs that can, you know, one cut and make you miss kind of guys that they, they're not really North and South downhill type of runners. They can be, but they're not going to, you know, bring a load like Deontay Foreman does. And I think that's the one thing that's missing with this team. You look up front, you're missing two, you're starting offensive linemen, both on the interior. That's a problem. I mean, you look at that offensive line across the board, you've got Chandler Zavala, who started at right guard last week, got flipped over to left guard. You have Cade Mays, who's bounced all over the place since he's been to Carolina. Now he's starting at right guard. You have Ike Aquanu, who's kind of going through a sophomore slump right now. That's a young group outside of Bozeman and, and Taylor Moten. So, I mean, they've got to find a way to get the running game going. But I I don't know. It, it seems like, guys, like to me, all the concerns that we had going into the season are coming to fruition. Like there's legitimate reason to be concerned about the receiving group because they haven't been able to make plays consistently. They haven't been able to stretch the field. There's no verticality to this offense. Mm-hmm. That's an issue. Like last week, Bryce, Bryce Young, I think his average yards per completion was 3.8. This week was 4.6. That's not going to win you football games. I, okay. So my, um, my initial thought, actually, that last drive kind of skewed the game for me a little bit because I knew people, people that wake, up, yeah, people were going to wake up and go, "Oh, twenty to 17. That, 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 they're, they're playing, they're playing safe, co- uh, soft coverage, anyways. Yeah, soft right, coverage. Right. Same. Yeah. yeah, you can dump it off to the running back, and he'll just be able he, to get five, ten yards. Easily. Now he had a couple. He had that throw to Mingo, like right around the two or three yard line, or something like that, uh, that looked okay. But in the end, my first thought when the game was over was that. Oh, they let Bryce cook a little bit. They took off the they took off the uh, the the limiter, I guess, and because it felt like he instead of him having to go up to the lawn with a set play and then doing set play, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. That last drive felt like okay, they're giving him enough time to get to the line and see the defense, and then he's able to adjust to it. And there was a couple times during the, those plays where he was able to kind of not freestyle, but he was able to adapt on the fly, like with the little cut back to Thielen and uh, ends up for the two point convert, that kind of thing. That's the stuff that we're not seeing. Like we're not seeing that from Bryce Young. I don't know if that's because of, I don't, I don't think it's the play calling. Cause I, I to a degree, I understand why they're calling the plays they are calling. Cause again, like you both said, we don't really have that vertical threat. Even with DJ Chark out there last night, it's just not there. So like, it's pointless. I hear the fans going, well, you need to throw down field. You can't just throw it down field just to throw it down field. Like, there's got to be a guy open. <laughs> there's got to be a yeah. reason to throw it down there. And you can't just Separation. Be, yeah. Yeah. Nobody have some separation. So, like, I, I don't know. That last drive kind of threw me off a little bit. I knew it was going to look a little better at the end of the day, uh, losing by three. And then, you know, a little excitement there at the end. But that entire game, it did not feel like the Panthers' offense was in control at all. Um, and really, looking back the past two weeks – I'm trying to think, was there really a drive where you felt like they had a rhythm like to what no, they're doing? No. What's mean, the identity? Not, I don't know what, they, what they're what they supposed to be. Not this week. I mean, last week, I think that's the biggest difference between week one and week two is even though week one was bad offensively, there were some moments that you saw like, okay, this thing can maybe work. And I think a lot of that was going back to what they did on first down. They did a really good job on first down, I thought, last week from what I could remember. Now, maybe yeah. I, I've covered so many dang teams, I might be getting mixed up. But no, they, they well, they didn't this past, yeah. they didn't last night, but they did week yeah. before. Yeah, and that was the difference last night. They were getting themselves in second and 12, second and 14, second and nine, second and eight. Like, you're not going to win if you stay behind the chains or at the chains. Like, you have to get positive yardage on first down. And a lot of that is running the football, but it's also hard to push the ball downfield when you have a barrage of defenders in your grill. Like, it's, it's hard to get the ball downfield when you've got guys up in your face. You don't have a clean pocket. And I think some of these concepts, like I'll have to go back and watch the tape because I don't I don't want to overly criticize, but 
feel like some of these plays are taking really long to develop. And I don't know if that's the, the, the route concepts, if that's just Bryce holding onto the ball. I'm not really sure. Maybe a little bit of everything, but I don't like how long it's taking. And there was a few plays last night. Um, There's one in particular where he had Adam Thielen going like basically on an out route toward the sideline, had him wide open. He was focused clearly on the other side of the field. And there's like three or four plays where he had a guy open on the other side and never even made it over there. So I don't know if he's not going all the way through left to right, right to left, or if he's just, or if that's just not even an option really, or if that's like his four, three or fifth read, like, I, I don't know what that is, but he's got to get to that read because there was multiple uh, plays like that. And there was one where I think it was Bryce was like getting chased around in the backfield and he was kind of going back and forth, almost got sacked. And he had Terrace coming back to the ball along the sideline would have been good for like six, seven yards and didn't throw it to him. And you think he ended up running for like a yard or maybe go back to the line of scrimmage. Like, those little plays don't seem like big plays until you go back and watch and you're like, man, that six or seven yards could have really helped. Yeah. Yeah. I, it feels like um, – I do want to address one thing, though, because I am seeing this amongst the fan base. I, I'm not here to yell at the fan base this week. I usually do because uh, you guys you you uh, are prone to disappoint me on social media. <laughs> you're making the whole family look bad out here. Like, I'm not going to rag on you guys because I get it. You you want winners. You, you want – a winning team. I get all of that. I don't remember Frank Wright ever saying that he was holding back his explosive plays. I keep seeing this narrative <laughs> that uh, <laughs> this isn't an explosive offense that I was promised, Frank Wright. I'm like, when did he promise us an explosive offense? He just said he wasn't running their plays. That doesn't mean the plays that he wasn't running were explosive. It just means they weren't running the stuff he wanted to run. If this is the stuff they want to run, and he doubled down on that uh, in the post game, where someone asked about the play calling, and he was like, I don't, we don't believe it's the play calling. We just believe we just need to execute the plays we're calling, which to an extent I can see. That's it. true. Yeah. I can see that. You know, I would like when it comes to the play calling, I won't, I'm not like, I think at the end of the day, the play calling works, right? Whatever the plays you call, clearly you have an understanding of what you're doing. Like, <laughs> there's a goal. Like, you get yeah. paid for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I don't I don't think people should even like question Frank Wright's play calling, right? No. But no. all we're really saying is when we're when you're struggling as an offense, you ha- you have some dogs that you gotta trust to move the chains. Like if you, if your quarterback is 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 in a funk, let let him lean on the offensive line and the running back in the running game just to get things moving here. Like, um, like don't just disengage from the run like that in the game like this. When you're, when you have a game, a division game where you're sitting there three to three, six to three, mm-hmm. uh, like 14 to like nine, like those types of games, you see what's happening up North Baltimore Ravens, the, Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, those cold weather games where it's just like, man, these guys are just out there like going fist for fist. Turn that game on, right? Turn that type of game plan on because what that's going to do, A, is wear down a defense and keep your defense like nice and fluid. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I I just really... Like the physical, the physicality. I mean, for me as a running back, you live for games like that where okay, our quarterback's struggling. Give me the ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I want to help. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, like, it, it feels like they don't do that. Somebody, let's just hit somebody in the mouth. Like if we if we go three and out, at least we hit him in the mouth. Do you, do you because the next time we go out there, they're gonna remember when I hit him in the mouth. <laughs> do, you, do you think it's as simple as that though? Because it, it does feel like. Um... It's weird because, like, you watch the Panthers play, and then it'll be like Dallas or Kansas City or something that's on right behind it, or Miami, and you're just watching two different worlds of offense. Oh, like, hey man, listen, you can't, just, compare, just, you can't compare nobody to Miami right now. Yeah. Listen. Oh gosh, they, <laughs> they're on something else. When you talk about speed, when you, this is what you're talking about. You talking about man? You talking about a Hyundai <laughs> and a Porsche? <laughs> as far as speed, bro, like their speed is just crazy on at all skill positions: receiver, tight end, 
and the doggone uh, running back position. Yeah, the running back's fast. I got that running four three. Mm-hmm. I got two things on the whole play calling thing. So first of all, I don't understand the overreaction, but but I also get it. Like everyone's under, under like they're frustrated, and I get that. But every time something doesn't work, they just want to move on to the next guy, right? It's the same thing with the quarterback. The, the backup quarterback is the most popular man on every football team, yeah. right? And it, it could be the same thing with the, the play calling. Like, to me, the play calling is not the issue. If you're not executing, it doesn't matter if Frank Reich is calling the plays or if Thomas Brown's calling the plays. It doesn't matter if you're not executing. Secondly, you're two games into this thing. You brought Frank Reich here for a reason. He is this mastermind of offenses. He may not be, you know, the Sean McVay's or Kyle Shanahan's of the world, but he's a very well-respected offensive mind that's had success with quarterback play, there's he a knows, he knows done. what he's he he knows what right. he's doing. He's not alone. And, he's got Jim Caldwell on there. He's got Thomas. I mean, there's other got Josh McCown. There's a group of guys. Here's my point: is like, yes, you're frustrated, but you want to take away the play calling from a guy that's done it for years and hand it to a guy after two games, after two games, guys. Yeah. That have yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad. I'm gonna yeah. tell you why we mad. I was waiting for somebody to get to. I'm it. getting hot now. Yeah, I was waiting. <laughs> but you want to hand it over to a guy that's never called a single NFL play in a regular season game in his life. That's no disrespect to Thomas Brown. That's just the cold hard facts. He's never called a play in a regular season. I think There's the no fan base doesn't do know that. I think the fan base isn't aware of that, that they the don't offense, know that Thomas Brown wasn't calling plays. When, I really the, don't. when the offense is in disarray like it is. You don't want to change it and give it to a guy that's never called plays before. You got to go to the guy that's done it and figured out how to get out of this before. He's been through this before. You you mean to tell me the Colts have never had a struggling offense starting season? He was one in five and made the playoffs. Yeah. I'm not saying that's going to happen with this team, but he found a way. He's done this for years. Thomas Brown is learning. This is not the time to turn it over to Thomas Brown just because we're two weeks in and they can't move the ball. It's a new offense. It's a new a whole new scheme. A lot of young players, a lot of new faces. You have two of your offensive linemen out. This is going to take some time. It's ne- It was never going to come out and just hit, hit on all cylinders right out of the bat. And I think people got conf- – Panther fans in general kind of expected that. And I'm trying to – I'm sitting back – because we got a little bit of a taste of that too, where it was like we were kind of expecting it to be a little better, like Stu said at the top of the show. And now after week two, again, like what Stu said, I think reality starting to set in a little bit in terms of what we have. Uh, Willie – Asking why weren't offensive adjustments made? How do you know they didn't make adjustments that just didn't work? That that's always been my thing too with the fan base. Like they assume the coaching staff hasn't tried to change something. Yeah, a lot of times right. they have, and it just it didn't work either. <laughs> the Saints defense is really really good. Like I, I I will apologize to the Saints because I was down on them all off season. I was saying they're the oldest team in the division, and I don't trust them. Blah blah blah. I got caught up. I got caught up in the whole. Well, I don't like that team, so I'm just going to try to make sure. I don't predict them to yeah. do well. <laughs> and like the Saints, that. The, Saint, the Saints really played a really good game on defense. It did. Well, yeah, and, on defense. Yeah. But still, man, I just wish we would have ran the ball. We got we gotta <laughs> we gotta make sure we take advantage of the opportunities we get to make the call to make the play calling more comfortable to call the plays. Oh, I just right? execution. I just thought of something too that uh Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we messed. I'm gonna tell you why we messed. You know, Deontay Foreman was a healthy scratch for the Bears this past week. Didn't even get on the field. Oh, man. Yep. Yeah. I'm just like, and it made that made me think, and I was talking to you guys about this before the show too. I was like, why did we trade Christian McCaffrey? Like, why did we trade him? I'm trying to remember what the circumstances were. I know we had just lost, well, Rule had just been fired. He was traded he was traded after Rule was let go, right? Yeah. Yeah, so one game with Wilkes, I believe. Why why did we trade him? I'm trying to think of why, because the offense that we have constructed right now, imagine that offense with the Christian McCaffrey in it. It it I would think it would just kind of elevate a little bit of everything you can do. And he'd probably be the best route runner on the team, <laughs> to be honest. Like I don't probably. know. I mean, like like I'm, what would have it would be a little bit easier for Bryce because he knows he has that security blanket. And I'm like, what did we get for McCaffrey? I know some of the stuff ended up going to the Bears to move up to try to draft Bryce Young. Uh, and I, I think one of the picks was the fourth round pick we used on DJ Johnson. And I think we have a fifth next year that we still have. Uh, or no, I think they said they traded all of them off to various things or whatever. So in the end, what did we get for McCaffrey? And would it have been better just to keep him? 
because we would have been we could have still moved up to number one anyway. I mean, we still could have won those seven games with McCaffrey here. Uh, I don't know. It's just one of those Marvel what if type things. Like, what was the reasoning behind it? Um, Financial relief is number one in my opinion. I think that's what yeah. it was. Because, but, but see, we, then we, we, we do throw have the Burns a, thing in there. And it's like, next year. You throw but, the Burns right. situation in there. You're just like, okay, well, if we did these moves for to to bring in our guys like Burns or whatever, why could they not figure out how to sign Brian Burns before the season started? If if that was your plan, if your plan Burns, was to save this money for them, the Burns deal will get done. Like I, I don't I don't have any concern with that. I think that's just a matter of coming to an exact number, and that that'll happen in the off season. But like. To me, I think it's all about financial relief. And when you have a chance to strike while the iron's hot, you got you have to do, it, especially with the running back position. And I hate that the value is what it is with the running backs, but it is what it is, right? So when you look at Christian's injury history, you're like, oh, man, like we're stuck with this big contract. That was the all the talk going into last season was like, man, the Panthers yeah, are you're right. You're right. And of course, as soon as so, he leaves here, he's like the healthiest he's been in like five years well, or whatever. And, and, that's, <laughs> and that's the point. Is like, okay, so as soon as he shows that he's healthy, and if the team's not playing well, you trade him. You you get the most out of him while you can, so you get something back in return. You're not stuck with that big contract, and now you are, you are able to pay Brian Burns at some point. You're are you are able to pay Frankie Luvu and whoever else is going to be up for contract negotiations. So, like, I think that's the biggest reason. I think, again, as good as Christian McCaffrey is, he's still, by the league terms, a running back, and you don't want to pay those guys an absurd amount of money if no one else is. Not like uh, Pat Mahomes, who. Uh... Oh, Lord, cashed in. Uh, <laughs> that, that We'll get to that in a second. Donald Duck says, I said it last night, C-Mac and DJ Moore laughing at us right now. Y'all think you're better without me hitting different right now. I don't think DJ Moore's laughing at anybody. Uh, have you seen what's going on in Chicago? DJ <laughs> right Moore now? is in the exact same situation yes. that he was <laughs> in last year with Carolina. He's in a different city, that's all. It's it, it, you could tell because remember like him talking like in the pressers before the season started, he wasn't really throwing jabs at Carolina, but it would be like, these little shadowy, yeah, you know, the Chicago press is great and blah, 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 and it's much bigger here. And he was not really shade on Carolina, but you could tell he wasn't happy he got traded. And now it's like he might be – he's in a worse situation. Like he's in a much worse – he would be getting targeted at least 10 times a game here still. Like Justin Fields. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what uh, – there's – and I say all this to, for the Panther fans that are watching to, so you know – there are worse situations going on in the NFL right now than what's going on in Carolina. Like this is, this is growth. This is building. This is building up to something. I don't know what Chicago's doing. Like, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Right in the preseason too. This is not a retool. This is a legit rebuild. Right. You have so many guys on this team that were not here last year. A whole new staff. Like, you're not bringing back seventy percent of your roster that won seven games a year ago. That's I saw they had the stat last night uh, before the game started that the Panthers returned like 34% of their scrimmage yards from last year or something. It's the lowest in the NFL. Like, so that's not the, cool. no, that so there's a lot of stuff they're trying to figure out, and it feels like we're watching them figure it out on the fly, but there's really no other way to do it. Like, you, I mean, you got to just roll it out there and see what you got. It was a weak wide receiver free agent base. Uh, and I know people are going to say DeAndre Hopkins and stuff. DeAndre Hopkins would have made a difference on this team. Like, I just don't see him making that huge of a difference with what we've seen so far. Um, Mike Aldridge says, y'all mad about the game. I'm mad. My internet won't allow me to watch the game or even a podcast about the game. Uh, that that sounds like a, uh, uh, <laughs> sounds like a problem uh, that we can't help you with, Mike. I, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I hope that works out for you. Uh, Donald, again, another Ohio state quarterback, not panning out. Are we surprised guys? It's been two games like this. I, that, you know what? I wouldn't even gonna go into it. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad, son. I'm gonna tell you why we mad, son. Why are we so quick to jump on this whole like bust, uh, get rid of this guy, that guy thing so quickly? It's September 19th. We played two games. Like, and it's not just talking about Fields, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. I agree. Just, even Fields, like, I mean, he's played all of what like 14 games or whatever as a starter or something weird like that. It, it, this whole microwave popcorn mentality of Instant gratification. Like the Panther fans, I, I don't know. We picked the Panthers to be 2 0 at this point, but 
uh, we weren't being logical and we've lost, <laughs> we've lost some key uh, components on our defense at this point. So our, our mentality has changed, but some of the fan base, they're just expecting like perfection. And I don't know of any team that can do that. <laughs> like just give it to you constantly, just perfection, like what you want. And it's like drilled in our heads that we should expect this. And I don't know where it's coming from. Like, I have no idea where this Panther fan base is expecting this from. We just had to scrub out three years of the previous regime. So let's let me let me give you guys a stat right quick. Peyton Manning, you want to know how many interceptions he threw his rookie season in 1998? They used to know it's like 28 or something like that. 27. Yes, exactly. 28 interceptions. Yeah. 28 interceptions. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a whole lot. I'm pretty sure people were like, man, who in the hell (laughs) drafted this man? We should have drafted Ryan Leaf. Why did we draft Peyton Manning? Why did we draft Peyton Manning? (laughs) Well, lo and behold, one of the greatest of all time. So, listen, don't be that guy or gal that beats (laughs) Bryce Young up or this coaching staff up too early because we will remember you. Yes, we do keep receipts here. I believe in Panthers. Uh, <laughs> we 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 do keep those receipts. Um, do you believe? I I still feel like uh, I'm still not seeing anything that's uh, making me alarmed with Bryce Young. You no. know what I mean? Like I'm not seeing like Anthony Richardson has not finished the first two games that he's played uh, this season. That's alarming to me. Uh, with Bryce, it, I don't know if it's. Do you think it's the coaching staff and the plays are calling that's telling Bryce to not look downfield? Or do you think it's Bryce not looking downfield, but the option is there? Because that's two different things. Guys aren't guys aren't getting downfield quick enough and getting open fast enough. And then you also have the pressure thing, like I said earlier. So, like, when you have those two things combined, you have no chance to throw the ball downfield. Yeah. But it's not that they're not trying. I mean, in Atlanta, they took – they had five or six – calls that were trying to get the ball downfield and only one or two of them actually went downfield but i mean i I think it's just a barrage of things like i don't think it's any one thing that you can can really point to but i mean again this is this is going to happen when you have a whole new staff like you're going to have some growing pains and i mean Stu, you probably know this i mean going through it yourself like you can you can speak to going through a coaching change and how much of a culture change that is. Like, as much as we talked about and praised Steve Wilkes last year for the job that he did and really turning that locker room on a dime, they're still having to do that again and trying to get the whole team bought in. That's a hard thing to do. Right. Some of those dudes aren't here, you know, like they, they're, they're elsewhere. So like you're taking a little bit of the culture you were starting to build there. Someone made a point uh, in the comments uh, earlier, uh, I can't find it right now, but basically, yeah, they're they're basically having to rebuild the culture again for the third time in four years, five years, or whatever. I think they're on the right path, you know, including uh, former Panthers like Stu Keekley out there yesterday. Uh, we've seen Steve Smith and Thomas Davis and these guys running around like you're trying to instill like some sort of culture that was here previously that Ron Rivera and John Fox and them understood and. Uh, the previous regime try to kind of wipe out. So you're kind of working behind the eight ball to begin with. And then we're just, you said it all off season, Skylar, the number one problem for this team is depth. Uh, and we saw it again last night. Do you have an update on Shaq Thompson um, and his injury? Uh, Cause I'm seeing it's significant and he might be out the rest yeah. of the year. I, I don't know if it'll be the rest of the year or not. We'll probably get something here. Uh, we talked to Frank, at, I think one o'clock. So, um, but he did say last night, like he expects it to be something that, allows or forces him to miss extended period of time. So to me, again, I'm just assuming here, but from what I take out of that, that's IR. Like yeah. that, that's at least four games, if not longer. And it didn't look good. So like, I mean, when you get carted off the field, it, you rarely see a guy that gets carted off the field back in a week or two. So, yeah. Yeah. We've, we've, we've seen a bunch of injuries, uh, the first Nick two weeks. Of the oh my god! I've still oh, I have man. not seen it. Like I've only don't saw watch. it on ESPN. Yeah, somehow yeah, I don't watch it yet. Like I I don't want to see it. I, I've heard enough. I'm just glad I don't play football no more, man. <laughs> like, like for real, like yeah. like watching that injury, like and then thinking to myself, man, I got to go out there and run the ball. Like, right. Yeah. Like that could have been me, or you know what I'm saying, like. 
Like the mental aspect of this game is is all jacked up in a lot of ways. Um, like just the instabilities that are there that are not addressed for guys. Um, like hopefully, you know, today or tomorrow, you know, guys are, you know, talking about, you know, how can we not let that happen? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like how can we come in and make a play and not like – take somebody's knees out like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I know it was a bang-bang play, but oh, sheesh, God. man. I know I'm going to run like, across it before the day is over with because I'm surprised I haven't seen it already. But um, yeah. yeah. And, and I don't want to yeah. blame. Pray, yeah, prayers to Nick Chubb, man. I hope he his mentals is, you know. It's the same leg. Did he hurt? Some yeah. solid. College, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, same leg. I thought so. He tore the ACL, the MCL, the PCL, all of it, like all of it, all yeah, of it. like yeah. So uh, hopefully, and I, and I don't want to. I don't want to totally blame anybody for because like when stuff happens in the football field, like you can't control things. But like right. Deshaun Williams, like I don't know what what even if Shaq doesn't get hurt on that play, I'm not sure of what he's trying to accomplish there because if you miss the play, he gets tied up with Trevor Penning and just like suplexes into the ground like i don't know yeah. what he was doing to just like to me if you're an offensive lineman you're doing that that's good you're finishing your block yeah to me the only thing that comes out of that if you're a defensive player is disaster and that's exactly what happened so again i'm not putting blame on Deshaun williams because that is the last thing that guy needs because he probably already feels terrible about that but again you've got to be you got to be smart in these types of plays and but it's hard. It's hard. It is. Yeah. Uh, courtesy says only con I have with Bryce is, has to be more accurate with the deep ball. He's overthrown quite a few balls downfield. I was thinking about this last night too, because uh, that last drive it made me kind of remember. Well, Bryce can actually throw the football. Like that's why he got picked number one overall. Like it made me remember what he was doing at Alabama. Then it made me remember who he was throwing to at Alabama. Because wasn't he throwing to Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, wasn't Rugs on that team? Like. He had like a group of wide, he had like four wide receivers <laughs> that went like in the first round or something, didn't he? Devontae Smith won the Heisman. I can't remember who all he had, but I mean, Bama's been loaded with receivers for a long time. Yeah. So th- that's yeah. a little different, uh, throwing to Devontae Smith and, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's a little different yeah. throwing to them than it is to throw and my, what we currently have at wide receiver. No, it no was fans. funny though, because, uh, my buddy, he's, he's a Saints fan and he, he was talking to me last night. And he's like, man, if y'all were to get the number one overall pick, which obviously they can't because it's it's now Chicago's, like and, and Bryce is playing awful, he's like, I would take Caleb Williams. And I was like, I don't know. Like if they even had their number one overall pick, I would say they'd probably just do what Chicago did and trade it away because you have Bryce, you want to get more help around him, you still believe him. Are we and there? Like, is that no, where we are? No, <laughs> no. I'm not going to get rid of yeah, that. Let's stay on topic. Let's stay on topic. But, but what I will say about this, though. Do you believe? It does stop for Carolina that if they do have a bad year, they don't have that first-round pick to where they're not going to get that top-tier rookie that's going to help this team win right up, right away. They're going to have to go the veteran route. Like Mar- or like a Marvin Harrison Jr.? Like – Somebody like that, because that's what they need. They need a receiver for Bryce. Like they, they yeah. need a dude that's a a terror. They need a it's Justin. Gonna free agents. It's gonna have to be free agents. Is there gonna be somebody out there like that? Like, because if they go the free agent route, okay, you're talking about spending twenty million a year for somebody like that, right? Like, who who would that be? I don't even know. Well, T Higgins. We were talking about T Higgins, right? Yep. Yeah. That could mm, that could be. What about Brandon Ayuk? <laughs> the kid from uh, the 49ers? Forty Niners. Maybe I mean they they need a bunch, so I'm not gonna say no to anything. Uh, Mike Evans, Mike Evans, I'd take Mike Evans today, like right now, if it was available. I don't think they would trade within the division, but if he's a free agent, then yeah, yeah, he'll be a free agent next year, right? He'll be Uh, a free agent next year. That's what that's what they're saying in in the chat. So we'll see. Now he's a little long in the tooth now because he's played how many seasons has Mike Evans played? Like ten, eight, nine. He's he's played a, a few. Um. And that's the thing, like with Adam Thielen, we're getting him at the end of his career. So, like, he's going to give you what he can give you, but he can't give you what he was given the Vikings five years ago. Like, and Bryce needs somebody like that. Like, it feels like he doesn't have that one guy he can depend on. Like, he hasn't built that kind of chemistry with with somebody that's that's consistent every week. 
And because of that, he's like not trusting what he's seeing in terms of receivers. And I think he underestimates the speed of the NFL because there was a couple of those times where he got ran down from behind uh, by Saints defenders where yeah, you would have thought he would have thrown it away, and he didn't, like, for some reason. Uh, the one down towards the goal line where uh, late, where if he had thrown it away, it would have been fourth and three or whatever, and who knows, Frank Wright might have decided to go for it there, and they ended up kicking the field goal instead. Those little things can affect the game. Like, just that sequence, if that had been different, maybe the rest of the game is different. Who knows? But uh, it feels like he needs that. I don't know who that would be. I don't, I don't think that person's on this roster. Um, is that safe to say? I don't know if that guy's here, if he's going to develop into that over the course of the season. And a lot of people in the chats are saying we need to definitely uh, build this run game. Um, yeah, I was going to say maybe like maybe we'll see it come to fruition with Hurst, right? Hmm. I lo- Like the tight end position, like I love the tight end position because I've seen it really like – make an offense pretty good, which was the Carolina Panthers um, the year we went to the Super Bowl. Um, Anytime but that's I, been good, we've had I, I, yeah. I would say I would say we had an offense that, like Cotchery, he would catch the hard balls, the ones that were in traffic, like no matter what it seemed like. Um, Greg Olson, whenever there was like a scramble <laughs> out of the pocket, that was Cam's guy. But then we had a deep threat with Ted Ginn. Like, he's faster than everyone on the field. Yeah. So you have to respect that. You know what I'm saying? So we have those elements. We just have to, like, like I said, like in the beginning, there's two games into this. They're still trying to find themselves. You know what I'm saying? And I think – that comes with chemistry, right? So um, Cam had chemistry with those guys that I just listed off. And you look at guys around the league, they have chemistry with the guys they feel comfortable with. They just didn't happen overnight. You know what I'm saying? So, um, like, I I, I feel like Panther fans shouldn't be discouraged about any of this. Um, Like, and the reason why I said I felt pretty good about the end of the game last night, yeah, it was chopped liver, you know, leftovers or whatever. But that was a moment for them to gain chemistry. That was a moment for him to, okay, I remember that pass I threw to, to Thielen in the red zone, and he walked in for a touchdown or hit the pylon. Like, that to me is a positive gain for their experience moving forward for the season. I like uh, Tony Gibson says, construction site is a mess right now, but we are building. That's a pretty good – observation of what it is you know when the house is first getting built there's drywall stuff all over the the yard and <laughs> you see the yeah. frame getting built is he trying to yeah. picture what it's gonna look like it's gonna it's gonna be all right guys grass and grass growing out of the dirt out <laughs> of control <laughs> we'll uh we'll get it uh we'll get it fixed we'll get it fixed um i'm trying to uh decide here where where you guys want to go because we do have seattle uh sunday it's cross country it's four o'clock kick, uh, 12th man. Actually, I think I'm going to be on Believe's Seahawk show uh, later on this week uh, to help them preview this game. What's the thing that you guys are looking at for them to build on going into next week? Because uh, from everything that we've said, we've hit all the hot spots. You know, they got to they got to focus on the run game. They need to find them a receiver. Um, what do you think they should do there? Oh, and before we do that, I'm sorry. The, the ones that are online comparing Cam Newton's first two games to Bryce Young's first two games, please keep in mind that what Cam Newton had around him. They had this guy over here on that roster. They had uh, Steve Smith on that roster. Greg Olson was on that roster. He had an offensive line in front of him. He had Jordan Gross at left tackle. Like, he literally – D'Angelo Williams was still on that team. Like, they had a squad already. They literally just needed to put a quarterback in it and go. And this – look at what we have. <laughs> this is not the same thing. So to expect uh, to expect Bryce to go out and throw for 400 yards 
first two weeks and the explosiveness and all that, he doesn't have a number one wide receiver like Steve Smith. Like Steve Smith, yeah, I was about to say Steve Smith, I was about to say Steve Smith alone in that Arizona game, I think, counted for two hundred yards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> jumping over people at five nine, like doing all that stuff. We don't have a guy like that right now, and it's okay. We knew we didn't have one coming in. Uh, in fact, I think Skyler was the only one. It was like. Guys, we don't have uh, <laughs> we don't have these things, so I don't know how we're going to win those games. But we were like, nah. Well, reality is uh, <laughs> reality is set in. Uh, give me your thoughts on this in Seattle. What's Seattle's? Uh, I don't even know what Seattle's record is right now. How did they're running? I'll let I'll let Stu go because I literally have a guy just decided to start weed whacking right up against my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> so you take us for a minute. Go go ahead, Stu. <laughs> now look, all that weed whacking going on over there. Um, listen, so I expect our what we what we need is for our defense to to remain solid during these tough times. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you believe? <laughs> yes, and you know, and because I, I I look at you know. Um, who the Seahawks play the first game? The Rams? Uh yes, I want to say. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, if I'm if I'm the Carolina Panthers, I'm looking at that Rams game and trying to dissect what the Rams did to really put Seattle in a like standstill. Um, you know, they weren't able to get anything done on offense. Um, so whatever the, the that defense did for the Rams. Take a page out of that book and add it to the Panthers book. So that was a home loss too for Seattle. Uh, yeah, so it's not like it's so, impossible to do it. Um, yeah, and then on offense, I mean, I would want to see some some downfield connects, man. You know, we gotta we gotta spread this, we gotta spread the defense, you know, on the field so we can create running lanes um, and some comfort for for our guy Bryce Young. So. Uh, Curse says vice versa. Bryce has a defense, no offense. Cam, he had an offense, but no defense. We had some dudes on defense too. Um, what? Yeah, <laughs> there was some. There was some dudes on defense also. Uh, that roster had people. Yeah. They just, yeah, it just we had Beeson. Out. Yeah, we had Beeson. Yeah, Beeson was still playing. Uh, yeah, yeah, they had some Godfrey. TDs on there. Uh, was it 2010? I'm trying to think of who was on that line. They they had dudes like yeah, <laughs> they had dudes on that team. It's not the same level as this, especially now with our defense with no Shaq Thompson, no JC Horn. That's your number one cornerback and your veteran leader uh, of the defense. Like gone in two weeks, and now I'm seeing CJ Henderson getting like just robbed, like like ski mask, like <laughs> like all, like half yeah. the game. And it's weird with CJ because he'll be really good one play. And then you're like, what was that on the very next play? Like, it, it, and it goes back and forth like the whole night. So, uh, Dante Jackson had to step up and um, and play. Who I think it was CJ that was guarding uh, Olave on that catch. Um, that was that's what changed the game. Was that catch? Going back to Olave, that man is a dog. Yeah, he's good, man. I underestimated. He is really good. And they're getting Kamara back. After next week, uh, and the defense again, that defense out of all the defenses you guys have seen so far this season, where would you put that Saints defense? Because I got them with the 49ers and the Cowboys, like they're yeah, top five somewhere, top five, like up in there. Um, I think the Cowboys defense might be the best one to be honest. Uh, yeah. they they are uh, a nightmare, <laughs> and the 49ers are good too, but I feel like the Cowboys defense is better, like they just. They yeah, they're dudes. playing. They're playing all right right now, but eventually they they'll show their colors. <laughs> I don't know, man. Michael Parsons looking like Lawrence Taylor out here. Like, this is yeah, crazy. Michael Parsons a dog, but yeah. everybody else, man, they got they still. <laughs> I am I ain't a true believer in everybody else. Michael Parsons is a dog, though. Uh, Skylar, your thoughts on the Seattle matchup? Uh, what do you think the key is to win? Because do you think there's something drastic they need to change? Uh, being Carolina. Or do you think they need to, you know, stay the course and just execute? 
Um, so we got the leaf blower going out too. So oh. just that's an update. But uh, so I'll try to get over over top of this stuff. Um, we got you. But I, I think you gotta you gotta again establish the run early and and set the tone because Seattle's a physical football team. Like everyone wants to talk about you know Geno and that passing type, but they're they're a physical football team. They went into Detroit and beat maybe one of the most physical teams in the league. So um, I think you got to deal with that and and also to help deal with the noise because obviously Seattle is one of the toughest places to play in the NFL and to, to be able to run the ball and, and kind of gash that defense, that's going to, to quiet the crowd down a little bit. But uh, defensively, I think they just, they, they do what they've been doing the last two weeks. If they do that, they're going to be just fine. Obviously they need to be a little bit better against the run, but when you're out there for as many places they were last night, I mean, it's kind of hard to ask your defense to do much more. I mean, I, I looked up at one point and the Saints had ran 30 more plays than the Panthers. Yeah. So you've got to be able to extend drives, stay on the field a little bit longer. And by doing that, you're going to give yourself a chance to win. You're not you're not going to win if you have 30 less cracks at it. And, and that's a good point, too, because uh, Derek Carr was rattled all night. Like, he did not have a great game. The, the Panthers' defense actually played really, really well. And that's – that's one thing I should have pointed out earlier is even though the Saints are 2-0, if you're a Saints fan, you're not feeling really good right now because you last week had three turnovers against Tennessee. You forced three turnovers, and you only beat them 16-15. to You yeah. scored 16 points, and you had three turnovers, only one by one. That's a problem. Your defense That's didn't last touchdown. Yeah, as ba- exactly. And as bad as the Panthers' offense was last night, and you only won by three, and you only put up 20 points, like that is a serious problem. The Saints' offense is much more talented and experienced than the Carolinas, and they don't look all that much better. That's an excellent point, which should make Panther fans feel better because that's kind of when I left that game. I'm like, the Saints are 2-0, and and it doesn't really feel like they were that much better than us. It just felt like they capitalized on opportunities better than we did in the actual game. I want turnovers. I want the defense to start forcing some turnovers because we need to start helping Bryce out like with some short fields and just you know, just make it easier for him. You know, there's some things we can do with the stuff we do have. We do have a, a top-notch defense. I do think we have a top half of the league type of defense, uh, top 15 or so with the talent that's on it. It's the bright spot of this team. I, I feel like they are going to have to take the lead here uh, and, and be like, look, if we're going to win games, it's going to be through our defense. Like we've got to do something to disrupt these teams to get the ball like doing enough right now to keep them out of the end zone for the most part. But I think they need to lip interceptions, fumbles, something, punch the ball, just something to disrupt to get the ball back to our offense on shorter fields. Because if we're putting Bryce at the 25 every single time and asking him to drive us down 75 yards on these little dink and dunk screens and whatnot, and they're, they're not able to get it downfield because of the no separation, it's just going to make it for a frustrating watch. And that's what the the first two weeks have felt like to me. They felt like the same game, like literally the same game. It's a rock fight for three quarters. The Panther defense holds. Fourth quarter, the Panther defense is wore out. The other team scores a touchdown. And then they might score a touchdown late at the end, and it looks bigger than what it was. That was the exact same script for both games, uh, week one and two for the Panthers. I feel like they can change it, but – I don't know if they have the horses to do it with on offense. That's where I'm at right now. Um, Unless they just completely commit to the run game like they did last year and just be like, look. But again, to do that, you have to have a guy that can wear you down, and they don't have that. They don't have that guy. Can you trade for Deontay Foreman in (laughs) midseason? Can we bring him back? (laughs) Listen, I'll tell you this. Like, after the first game, Chuba Hubbard can wear down a defense. Mm Mm-hmm. I think like, so. Yeah. I saw the yeah, way he, the, I think he can wear defense down in a different the, way. Yeah. Yeah, in a different way. The way he was running the ball, if you commit to that, if you commit to the way he was running the week before, going into Seattle or away game, get that clock ticking. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's gonna help your passing game. That's what's gonna open things up down the field. So that way you can launch one to DJ Chart and we in the end zone. So now we can do whatever we want once you start doing that. Okay? That's so, so we just Madison's need to man, listen, run the ball, man. Madison's echoing, <laughs> Madison echoing exactly what you just said. People talk about the pass game and Bryce Young, but very little talk about what establishes the pass game, which is physicality at the line of scrimmage and a run first philosophy. You got so, to be uh, physical. And it, and it doesn't feel like they are. It don't feel like they're really 
that was the difference uh, when Wilkes took over at the end of yeah. last year where you could feel it through the TV that they were going to be the most physical team that day. They were going to push yeah. you around. You knew they were going to run it, and they were like, stop it. Like, that. that's the difference. I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> when when have, again, when you have two guards that have a combined total yeah, of three starts, that's, yeah, that's hard. That's tough. Hard. That's yeah. tough. It's tough. But, hey, listen, Young Bucks – Unexperienced guys. Deep, deep this in. is your t- this is your time to shine. Yep. Okay. If they said that if they said that you didn't have it, you got to tell them. Yes, I do. If well, this is your time. If you're Chandler Zavala or if you're uh, uh not Austin Corbett, if you're Chandler Zavala or Caden Mays, you're taking this opportunity and running with it because yes. Brady's out for the year. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. do anything to get his job back this year. Austin Corbett, when he comes back, he's a starter. But there's going to be at least one spot potentially could be taken over, and that could be mm-hmm. Brady Christensen's spot. If you play to the to, to the performance where they, they're they like, you know what, you are the guy. We, I mean, even though Brady has done well, you've played so well that you are the, our left guard. Like, that, that's a po- possibility. And that's not saying Cade Mays yeah. can't do it either and just flip over to the left side. But one of those two guys has a chance to really supplant themselves as a starter. That's how yeah. Bozeman became a starting center, right? Pat Eflon yeah. went down with injury last year. He came in and just played so well. They were like, well, Pat, I guess uh, your services are no longer required. We're going to just let Bradley do this and um, and go from there. I'm seeing a little uh, a thing in the, in the chat. Uh, people are kind of ganging up on Miles Sanders. They're saying uh, they'd rather see Chuba than Miles. Uh, and a direct question to Stu, is Sanders as good as advertised? Because – I think the fan base thinks he's a bit underwhelming because he was the big splash at running back that they signed. It wasn't even that big of a deal. Um, he was really is really more because he was like the last running back <laughs> that signed, and nobody else really signed after him. Um, I, I, I haven't had a problem with Sanders. Uh, yeah, I don't have a problem with Sanders at all. Like, you know, you fourteen carries. You know, you see it all the time where your primary back has fourteen carries and his stats throughout a game, right? Yeah. But then you have probably one more carry that takes him to the house, right? All it takes – I mean, the the very opening – the first play of the, you yeah. know, the game yesterday. 13-yarder. All it, it was a 13-yarder out the gate because there was a hole. And, like, he – like and, and the way it developed, he gave a little hezzy in the, back, in the backfield to actually anticipate that whole opening instead of just like hitting his offensive line and then, you know, probably maybe stumbling for five, he gave a hezzy in the backfield and then hit it. And so those are the types of plays that we can get out of Sanders. So no, we don't bench Sanders. We just utilize both running backs. More. Yeah. Why are you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We need him. <laughs> and like, and like, and, and I think, and, and I think also too, what happens though, man, like going back to this whole play call. You know, it's hard for, you know, to find that type of rhythm in a game. I know that. Like, one thing you know is three and out here, three and out there. Next thing you know, you ain't been running no plays, right? And so, like, things can get out of touch or out of hand quick. And so that's why you have to stay committed (laughs) from the very jump. After that 13-yarder, man, listen. Dial that thing up again. Bang, 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 bang. If I'm yeah. <laughs> if I'm a running back, I'm like, listen, do that again, coach. Yeah, give it like to there's me. been there's been multiple times in my career where Cam would be like, hey, good 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 stuff. We're gonna dial it up again, and the very next play, we're on the same play. It might not be the same ex- explosion, but we get yards because we knew that it worked the first time. We catch him in the same look, boom. And that builds confidence, like it builds confidence for the offensive line in the game. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's what I'm really talking about, man. Like, if we looking like we're not confident in what we're doing on the field, that your best bet is to figure it out in the running game. It's the little things, and and that's a good place to kind of to, to cap it here where I feel like what you just said, I think there's a difference between, like, a team being overly confident, like, in general, like on Tuesday, Wednesday, that we're confident in our abilities, we're confident in our staff, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, in the game – building confidence that you can you can do the game plan that you came in with against that team. Those are like little victories that pile up over the course of the game. And I feel like we're not getting those. We're not getting those yeah. little victories that are making the offense like the, the defense is. The defense is winning these little getting sacks, turn cause turnovers, just creating havoc. 
and they're building on that so they can sustain it through the game. The offense doesn't feel like they're getting that that burst, that that big run, that big catch. The Saints didn't have it last night until the lobby catch, and and that was kind of the spark mm-hmm. that kind of got them going. Because all it takes is one. You take that out, there was nothing that the Saints did last night on offense that was memorable, really. Um, so yeah. we need those, and I don't know how you do that other than just will and get up. You know, like we just got to play better, we got to execute better. There's talent on this team. They're not going 0 for 17 like some of y'all are saying online right now or whatever. It's not that bad. Again, check no, out Chicago. Not. Check go check Chicago out if you really want to see. What, That's like, bad. What, like DJ Moore's on the sideline, looking like he's crying. Like I, I low key feel you know I I feel bad for Justin Fields. I do too because the organization ain't doing he ain't, they ain't doing right by him. That man too gifted. Like, I know, like I said, I probably said, like, hey, Justin Fields ain't got it last year. But watching him this year, there's really just not been any growth. Yeah, he stepped so back. Like, he looks worse. It, it, well, it just and – and, like, just the growth aspect as a player, that comes from the organization. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, what what is your intentions, you know, in that locker room? What's your intentions in the meeting rooms? Um you know, I feel like you got to figure out a way to, you know, to decode him. Um, he he didn't look like this at Ohio State. Like, matter of fact, coming out of high school, him and Trevor Lawrence were like one and one A in terms of like yeah. quarterback rankings. Like, he's got that, schools. Like, that's the real question is if if Carolina continues to help out Chicago here. I mean, they, they may have two cracks at the number one pick. If they do get the number one pick, I mean, you can't trade out of it again, right? You I mean, you almost have to take Caleb Will. Caleb Williams over Justin Fields. Or maybe Shador Sanders. Do you believe? Because uh yes, I believe climbing. climbing. We didn't talk about Dion yet. We we still hey, we we people have been asking me, Stu, Oregon, Colorado, undefeated. I think Oregon's what, 10th ranked, I think. Oregon's 19. Who are you picking this guy? It's in it's in Oregon. How did the Pac 12 come this? <laughs> yeah, you know who I'm picking. Voted this year. <laughs> I'm picking the Ducks all the way. The right. Ducks got to win this game. No, uh, no question about it. I think, I think Oregon has to win that game convincingly. I really do. Yeah, yeah. Like now, like if 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 things do change up though, and we and, and Oregon end up, you know, losing this game. <laughs> let me tell you, you thought you thought they was here. <laughs> well, boy, you better get ready because they really coming after that. Do you believe that, that'll, that'll set up a, a showdown with USC the next USC? week in yeah. Colorado? Um, I didn't appreciate the. Uh, we got to make sure the refs. We got to make sure we watch the refs next week. This, this Oregon <laughs> Colorado game. They, you know they like try to fix stuff. I didn't like the. Uh, I didn't like the announcer from ESPN saying that the sideline at uh, Colorado like the BET awards. I, I didn't appreciate that. That that kind of hit me. <laughs> it kind of hit yeah. a nerve with me. Was, but with yeah, they had Master P down there, and uh, the Rock was there, and like I mean, all these people showing up to Colorado sidelines all of a sudden. Um, I don't feel so bad now because I was comparing them to 05 USC and people were looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, this is the last yeah. time you saw, you don't see, you don't see celebrities on the sideline, Alabama or Georgia or whatever. Yeah. They're just yeah, pumping out Ferrell 12 teams. Like it's a party. Like little yeah. Wayne led them out <laughs> like with a theme song. Like who does this? This is, yeah. I, I love it. I love watching it. Uh, that's three 30 on ABC Saturday. So that was our Colorado watch. Uh, and of course, they got to take on Stu's uh, alma mater, Oregon. Yeah. Um, he's picking the Ducks to win. So, and yeah. Skyler, you said by a lot. <laughs> you said Oregon by a lot. Convincingly, so, heard it here first. I, I'll tell you what. I'm still sleepy from watching that game. Me too. Uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking about taking a nap right now. Matter of fact, as soon as we get <laughs> off here, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we. I'm glad they're playing at three thirty this this week. Yes, so. dude. I fell. I fell asleep. Before the overtime, like right before the overtime. So I I woke up not knowing what happened. That was like the yeah. worst feeling in the world. Like reaching for your phone, like at 10. Like, did they win? Did they win? Oh, they won. Oh, no. It's like the greatest yeah. game of all time. And I'm, <laughs> I missed it. I woke up in a panic looking at my phone. <laughs> like, oh, oh, did they win? Oh, yeah, they did. Okay. That 9.5 million viewers uh, watched that game that started at 1030 on the East Coast. It's like the fifth most watched college football game of all time on ESPN. This was a regular Sheesh. season game between Colorado, Colorado. and Colorado State. <laughs> That's just insanity. Um, let's uh, let's go ahead and get out of here. Oh, I was going to ask you guys this too. Where the hell is LaVisca Chenault? Where is he? Like, 
is he where is he is he playing like it doesn't feel like they put him out there at all what what's going on is he hurt skyler anything no i mean he he got some touches yesterday not very many um it seemed like he was going to be featured a lot in that week one game yeah early on that we can't move it out but we gotta in order for us to do the things we want to do at lavisca we got to create separation uh from the line of scrimmage we can't do that right now until we can do that you know, we we're not really gonna see exactly what they have in store for us with him. He's like uh like you said at the beginning of the show, he's like that Porsche, but he's got like a uh like a like a wheel jack on him. So he's just like yeah. sitting third. No nah, <laughs> man, he just he no, nah, he just in the he just, you know, he in the carport. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah he outside. He outside, just not totally enclosed. It's just we can see him. There he is, he's right there. But but, but, but I tell you what, when he get out that carport. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> we out of there. So Panthers Seahawks uh, Sunday four o'clock kickoff. Uh, I believe it's CBS uh, this week that they're on, uh, and not Fox. So um, we're gonna get out of here. We'll be back next Tuesday to dissect that one. Um, hopefully the Panthers will bring home a victory. We'll have a victory Tuesday uh, against these Seahawks. They, they're not playing that well themselves. They they're one and one. They've been outscored. Still winnable games. Uh, don't don't abandon the Panthers after week two, guys. Like, don't be that yeah, fan base. Relax, relax. <laughs> hey, if you made it last year through that start, you saw how things kind of came together. That was horrific. Yeah, that was Listen, much if worse. You made, if you made it through the rule era, congrats. <laughs> Come on off that life preserver. Let's uh let's figure this out together. Um, presented by Bet Online. Catch this uh episode. And all previous episodes on the Believe Podcast Network, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. The video is always available at uh, youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. And if I'm not mistaken, they're going to start putting us on the fast channels here so you'll be able to watch us on like Roku TV and things of that sort. So more info on that as it comes along throughout the season. But for Skylar Callahan and Jonathan Stewart, I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been watching and listening to the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on Believe Podcast Networks. Keep having it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.